Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Monday's fantastic, Dennis. We uh, had a big uh, superhero four-hour week this week, and we got mm-hmm, mm-hmm. games played, some dragons slayed. It's been a good week. Saw, saw some Superman in a black outfit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and then and then talked about it for a and while. Talked about a it for way too long. Yep, yep. What else? We watched. Wait, we watched some. We also watched another superhero thing, and then talked about it for way too long as well. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I actually watched a third superhero thing, though only half of an episode. So uh, we don't have to talk about that yet. I don't have much to say. Yeah, okay. The uh, that's the new um, uh, Superman and Lois. Oh, we had that thing, right? Uh, series where uh, Clark and Lois are married and have two boys. Isn't isn't that it's, CW-ish? It's it's kind of CW-ish. It's very like oof, like heavy. I guess heavy drama is the best way to say it. Like they set it up that one of the sons is kind of like Clark, like he's going to try out for the football team and he's maybe starting to manifest powers. The boys don't know about Superman because that's Superman's whole thing. Um, oh, his, his kids don't his, know even though they're going to have superpowers? His, yeah, his kids don't know, but the, the one is starting to manifest powers. And the other one is what we used to call emo, mm. but now in you know 2021 he's diagnosed with uh, social anxiety disorder. I think, so I think emo, I'm saying that right. Saying. right. <laughs> I mean, just like doesn't relate to people, sits in his room and plays video games all day with the music pl- right. turned up loud. And I'm like, man, this is, it's a different kind of dark from uh, Snyder's Justice League <laughs> cut, <laughs> which That's is funny. kind of kind of funny. But I only watched half of the first episode, so I'm reserving judgment on that a little bit, aside from the judgment that I've already made. Now, now that is a, that is a spinoff from um the supergirl series is that correct uh that i don't know i thought i saw that it's the same guy that plays the superman in those that's 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 another show that i didn't watch i watched like an episode and a half of it and got bored and so you know didn't yeah i uh didn't stick with i think i watched a season maybe two of it and Mm -hmm. like all the rest of the cw shows i got bored after they they only hold your attention for so long you know and then you yeah can't yeah. you can't get past the wig that they're wearing the whole time and it's you know, drama but anyway sure uh, or the or the lack of lack of acting ability <laughs> that's right like, um it's, it's only goes uh, so far. speaking of speaking of which an update on our uh our watching rewatching mcu movies that we're doing mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in the rogers house um we wrapped up uh, Iron Man two, okay. which we, I guess got stopped about halfway through. Um, boy, there's a lot of there's a lot of just ridiculous Sam Rockwell in that movie. Yeah, sure, right. Um, and they watched Hulk without me, which I definitely would have recommended skipping. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's that's just me. You know, that's not and even last on night... the Disney cinematic. Like, if you go to Disney Plus and look at the cinematic, it's not even it's not on even there. on there. Yeah. yeah. That's that's why I wouldn't feel bad skipping it. Right. But we also watched um last night we watched Thor mm, the first one. Yeah. Which um 
is a movie. It's a movie. I, I, it's, I, I've it's, said before, I, I enjoyed it as a summer fun popcorn blockbuster right around the same yeah. time that, you know, Transformer movies were big. So, you know, didn't, you didn't expect a whole lot and it was different than what Captain America and Iron Man was. But it was definitely like, oh, you know, this one's not great. So this is the the middle of the road at best for all their other two really great yeah it's a little i mean it's still kind of character centric the way that iron man is and i don't think um uh captain america the first uh, avenger was out yet i think it's in between um thor is in between those two but still like in all the movies leading up to the avengers um yeah and like uh my brother andrew um is he very much hates uh what they call dutch tilt or dutch <laughs> angle when you point the camera at a diagonal it's meant to show like um either the characters or the audience being like caught off guard or unsettled or uneasy in some way right it's supposed to make you vaguely uncomfortable okay. um but in in thor it's like it's more than every other shot is it this weird diagonal even if there's no reason for it it's it's hmm. it's distracting once somebody points it out hmm. which of course andrew did but um yeah and like the complete opposite of the cw thing where there are just some legendary actors in that movie doing so little i mean you mentioned anthony hopkins and he's right. he does a lot there but like idris elba barely doing anything yeah. renee russo also barely doing anything uh it's kind of crazy well they i i it's funny i, I think you, i know you had mentioned it i think so i, I watched it again just either yesterday or the day before mm. and you know there's some things i had fond memories about liking but then all the other stuff around it was worse than i had remembered it so there was some things like okay that's still kind of a good scene right. uh but everything else is i mean you not great. you were a big you were a big Thor fan before. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah, I was always a Thor fan, and I and I like and I still like Thor, and I liked and I liked this so when movie you, way more when than you other watched people it, did. Yeah, when you watched it back then, were you like, "Oh, it's so great!" You know, your favorite character brought to life in live action. No, I, I definitely then. wasn't as hard on as it uh, as I am now. I mean, I was I, I saw it sure. and, was, and enjoyed it, and and again, we it's always good to point out that we have 10 years or more 12 years of good superhero movies and stuff (laughs) right right. that you get spoiled on and see things that are amazing back then you got iron man you're like holy cow this is something finally i mean you you did have you know x-men and spider-man and some things like that but Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. never you never ever in the world thought you would get a thor movie um let alone an iron man movie or a captain america movie those were just out of the realm of possibility so to get something was pretty cool and you know you give it a lot more leeway because of that um sure sure but now now he's a main adventure and he's got three movies and he's having another one and he's a big part of the thing and now you look back and you can kind of evaluate all right you weren't just lucky to have one now you've been lucky to have four and been in so many other movies how was your first outing and it really wasn't great yeah uh, like you said, the acting. I, I actually really believe that the. I, I'm a big watching that thing in the direction was just really terrible. Like they have the the reason when you have people like that, like giving delivering lines. You know when you're sh- setting mm-hmm. up shots and you're framing things and you're um, having them communicate in different ways. Like it 
it was just terrible. It was so stiff and the camera shots were, I didn't notice the tilt thing, but they were just, you know, I don't know, straight on, I guess it sometimes or, um, yeah, just kind of, kind of amateurish. Yeah. It felt very amateurish. And I know it sounds really nitpicky, but it, it's yeah, it's, it's a crappy thing for me to say. I'm not a cinematographer, but, um, and, and there are so many, so many pieces involved, right? Like film is hugely collaborative, but, an actor can only do so much with the lines that are written for them. And a writer can only do so much with the quality of the acting talent. But there's a reason that the director is the closest thing a movie has to an artist, the way that uh, painting or sculpture or even um, music, music is a little closer to, can be a little closer to, um, to film in that, you know, you, then you're involved in performance and stuff. Maybe it's a little more like theater, but, um, you know, in a movie, the director is the guy, right? Like he's the guy there on set trying to bring together the acting and the writing and the cinematography, like bringing that all together to make, to make a thing work. And, um, you know, uh, I think it's, uh, Branna, Kenneth Branagh, uh, directed this mm-hmm. movie. And he's a very good actor, um, and I think he's directed other things successfully, a lot of, like, Shakespeare stuff, which maybe is why um, Marvel had him direct this, because the, you know, the Asgardians have this kind of old English uh, uh, kind of speech patterns and stuff, and it, it seemed, seemed like might have been a good fit, but it just... It just doesn't work. Yeah, like it's, my, it's I, I point out, out of his I, there's a lot to point out forte. in the whole movie about. I think the key that really, I mean, if you can just go watch a snippet of the movie, that'll show you how actually the whole movie is. It's the the fight scene with um, oh, why am I the destroyer in, in the town near the end when when Th- Thor gets neck? his 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 powers back. Like it's just not good at all. I mean, every shot is terrible. Um, hmm. the, the, the warriors three, there's, there's, there's several shots. I mean, several where the camera s- switches over to look at somebody. Right. And they're standing there for like half a second and then they take off in a sprint. It's like they were waiting for their cue. The camera hit oh. them and they ran like it, it's yeah. so noticeable. And I was like, this is, <laughs> it, I could, the whole fight was super staged. And then you had a guy who just like, wasn't hit by anything it jumps off off the ground and like he's falling right it's like a stunt actor thing mm. and you know that's how it looks probably in real life but they cut it out so that you know he's mid the camera catches him mid flying right. or right. you know they're they're they've already started running you know it's it's yeah. just shot for shot terrible and then uh the destroyer comes in this uber big bad that they tease throughout the movie and he is uber big bad in all things thor and he blows up a random town for no reason. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then he doesn't kill Thor again for no reason, but backhands him. Okay. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Thor handles him in a total runtime of maybe two minutes max. And he turns into Thor. He, Natalie Portman he gets the, you know, the, hammer, he gets the hammer. Natalie yeah. Portman fawns over him for in the worst way, like just the worst mm-hmm. ways. Uh, and yeah. then he, he yeah. flies up into this into the sky and punches the thing until it's dead, and that's it. It's over. I'm like that. Mm-hmm. That was awful. That was awful. <laughs> um, especially since we've seen things him do such much cooler things. Thor and you know, yeah, later on. Yeah, hell, right. The next movie he was much cooler. And and now I look back and think like 
Thor The Dark World was not that great. I want to watch it and see if it was actually way better. It, hmm. You know what I mean? It feels now way yeah, better I don't than know. that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that, that was kind of yeah, a turn. Anyway, latest latest update in our in our Marvel rewatch watch. We've been adventures. We've been in such Viking stuff lately, so maybe we're used to seeing cooler Viking things going going around. <laughs> I could I could tell that Mom was not really paying attention in the beginning when um Space when Anthony Hopkins is explaining everything. Yeah. And so they're there and they're you know, they're talking about who's going to be king. Like, she's following along with, you know, the two brothers and who's going to be king. And, you know, Odin's kind of a, I said, I said, he's father of the year right there, you know, because he's just like pitting them against each other in the worst way. <laughs> and like, she's following along with all that because it's, it's just character story. And then, you know, she's, she looks up again at the screen. And she's like, what time period is this? <laughs> and we're like, uh, it's modern day, but they're aliens on another planet. It's complicated. <laughs> That's true. And like, I know, I know she knows nothing about any kind of Norse mythology, so I yeah. can't even like explain it that way. And then for me, because I I listened to um, uh, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book last year or somewhere, maybe it was 2019. Um, I'm looking at the characters and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, in the original myths, Loki was Odin's brother. And, uh, you know, Lady Sif was blonde and was also Thor's wife, mm-hmm. in, like in the original mythology. Um, and, you know, I have a hard time. Things. I have a real hard time getting excited about this new Thor, the Love and Thunder Thor, because Natalie Portman mm-hmm. is so back and so jazzed to be the new Thor. And I'm like, she was so awful in these movies. I don't know why they decided yeah. to have her back again. I don't know if they're having a totally different... Oh, it's probably... it's. Uh, I bet you it's the director of... Um, a different director. It's the guy from Thor Ragnarok. Um, Taiki Watiti or... Taika Watiti. Yeah. And uh, um, maybe they're like, you know, we, we got Natalie Portman and she's great and we like her, but she was underused and now we want to use her in a right way. But I don't know. She was just so bad in this. So bad that I don't know. Like... Her character does basically nothing except fall in love with Thor. Fall in love with Thor and just complain and make wild things like, this must be why. She keeps saying the Rosenberg Bridge over and over. And over. I, Einstein <laughs> Rosenberg Bridge like 70 times. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're a scientist. I, but right, it's so terrible. Right. Yeah. Uh, I did I did like uh, Svel, uh, Eric Svel, Svelberg. He, he was pretty good. Um, the sci- other scientist guy. Is, is that her, her boss guy? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. I couldn't tell if who he. I thought maybe he was one of the scars guards. He is. He's the father. He's the dad. He is. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Um, and he, uh, I, I like him. He was good in. He was good in that. And, and of course, you know, Lo, Tom Hiddleston is great in it. He was the fantastic the standout. Yeah, thing in that one. But everything else was was bad. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we we did get to watch. Uh, I guess staying with superhero things, we watched. Uh, oh, let's do Falcon and Winter Soldier next, since we're on Marvel. Yeah. Uh, we watched the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, longest TV show title ever. You hate that, um, I can tell. Right? And I don't. It's it's just long to say, and I don't have an easy way to abbreviate it. Right <laughs> when you're like, uh, um, I don't know. No examples are coming to me. But 
I think it's that. I think many, it's that first the that get that gets you broken up. It's it's that, and I don't like if I just call it Falcon. I feel like I'm, I'm not adequately describing the show. Well, well, but no one calls him the Falcon. Like in the comic book or anything, they they don't say, "Hey, there's the Falcon." They call him Falcon. Hey, Falcon, what's up? You know what mm, I mean? Things like that. True. True. You know, they don't call him the Captain America or the Iron Man. Or, or same uh, thing like the Iron Man. It, they don't call him the Iron Man. It's yeah, it's the um uh it's it's the talking heads thing. Um I I said that when we were watching Justice League when um uh, uh Bruce Wayne goes and recruits Barry Allen and he's like, Oh, you're the Batman and I go it's it's just Batman. It's just Batman, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about this first episode and probably spoil it, so I'm going to hit the bell. And, and to be fair, it is the, you are right. it is titled The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Say that. Yeah, I just I'm like, do we call it F and S? <laughs> but I, I do see titles like Entertainment Tonight. Their their article titles just say Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So some people are doing it. But anyway. Yeah, uh, I think it's just because WandaVision was so easy to say. Like WandaVision they put the names so to to, right. together into one name, and uh, um, that that's another fun thing watching watching these Marvel movies with mom, who's not like she doesn't know anything, and yeah. so the rest of us are like making eyes at each other. I said that about the the cheeseburger thing, but like my sister said, because the Thor movie has all this stuff about Mjolnir, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Who was it who who just casually picked it up and like?" hands it to him and I, I had to think about it for a minute and i went oh it was vision vision yeah I'm like oh yeah remember vision was worthy that was a whole thing <laughs> right well anyway well, there, there was the whole remember the throwaway line at the end of that movie where he did that it was like iron man says something like if an elevator if if Mjolnir went up in an elevator is the elevator worthy <laughs> <laughs> it's classic like um um you know comic nerd <laughs> right. arguments right um so this it's we're starting out this conversation saying that uh, disney did release there's no specific numbers but they did release a statement saying that uh the falcon and the winter soldier was the number one most watched um show on their network since launch that includes um the mandalorian season one and season two and wandavision so this was previously wandavision before this that that doesn't surprise me because unlike star wars um, Disney, through Kevin Feige, however you want to say that, has um, managed to maintain the goodwill of their fan base mm-hmm. in a way that, uh, that Disney has not really done with Star Wars. Well, not, not, I don't um, think it's necessarily just that. I, I agree it is that. I also think it's that, that that Marvel has expanded its fan base enough that someone like your mom would actually watch it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're in this weird time where people aren't going and we're seeing streaming stuff. And they've built up, they've also built up the popularity of Disney Plus with Mm -hmm. two seasons of Mandalorian and this whole short season of of WandaVision to sort of pick up, like, get interest drummed up in the MCU again. And then just a couple weeks after that, um, drop this new show. And so, yeah, that those numbers don't surprise now, me. Now, that, that it should probably be said with the caveat that um, being the number one watch show on Disney Plus isn't, could could be, or maybe isn't a big deal simply because they don't have a whole lot of new shows compa- <laughs> there's, there's compared to, on Disney Plus. yeah, and it's not like yeah. Netflix who dumps out 500 shows a week, right? Um, right, right. So, 
I don't I don't know what say their numbers are or how their numbers work with spread out across lots of things. Yeah, the, right. the more interesting numbers would be like how it compares to other things like right. I don't know Stranger Things or exactly The Witcher or something like right, that. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Of course, n- no site in the world is going to release streaming. People do not release numbers, so they're just like a lot is all they say. Unle- yeah, un- unless it's yeah, unless it's very good. For them unless the story is a positive spin yeah so uh anyway this is um post end game and po- it lives in the world of after the blip and everybody came back um w- which mm-hmm. is kind of important uh i a couple of things i liked um i liked how it started off with sam uh giving the shield like donating it to a museum i thought that was really really mm-hmm. excellent um it feels like they blew their entire budget on the first, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes of the show. First that, uh, that independence day sequence. Right. But it was amazing. It was amazing. And so well done. It was movie quality. I, I don't know if we're, how they could afford to do more. Um, but, um, yeah, somebody, somebody was looking up the numbers and they spent a lot on this first episode. I don't know if they'll maintain that level of visual effects budget i i went back and watched it again which i don't normally do mm-hmm. but we all watched it together over discord and yep. i say over and over how how poor my internet is like when characters were just talking the picture was fine when the camera was moving so when like the picture the pixels on the screen were changing a lot it went down to like you know two two 240k like just big blocks yeah that, that of stuff and so that was on i my just had a too. I just had the general sense of what was happening in those action sequences. And so I went back and watched it again on my iPad, but um, yeah, I, that, that, that wasn't just your stream. That was actually, that was mine as well. Cause so, which I did oh, okay. same exact review of that. So I watched it with Sydney when she got back and uh, mm-hmm. it was, you know, on like HD and stuff and it was, it held up to everything, you know, and, and it's probably one that I'll actually watch again. Cause it was so fast and furious and cool and pretty, pretty neat. Um, and, and really, really makes like they've got a hard that's a hard thing they have a flying action scene i I said that about when we talked about the wandavision finale it's that you know fighting on the ground is one thing you can stage and the people are used to but making a believable air scene is very very difficult because it's not a real thing we ever do right there's not a thing you see people fighting in in the air um but especially with like some kind of aerodynamics like his wings you know had right right yeah a lot of it's i mean it's similar to like star wars trench fights and stuff and like i said the independence day thing i'm i'm curious now what the actual like aerodynamics are of those glider suits those those flying squirrel suits yeah. the bad guys had right. because they were doing stuff in those suits and i'm like uh really <laughs> yeah, like right. they don't have jets and stuff i also i also had the thought when he relies on his little uh what's he call it red wing red red wing mm-hmm. um like every maybe not every but every non-magical uh uh main character in in the marvel cinematic universe has some magic ai right yeah it's not everybody like it comes from the it all comes from the iron man stuff right because yeah. tony had jarvis and right it spun off from there to like um you know, Falcon's got his little thing. Uh, uh, Spider-Man has his suit lady. Um, and even when, like, 
in the Iron Man movies, Tony is doing all this ridiculously improbable, like science lab stuff where he's building a, a particle accelerator and stuff mm-hmm. with, with the shield and all of that. Um, oh, with the little guys, the little his buddies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. His little robot guys. And like, he has Jarvis scan the model of the, of the city of tomorrow and all that. And everything just works perfectly all the time yeah. that, you know, it's all quippy in a way that, you know, I mean, we've got like voice, voice interface technology right that we have in the real world is the best it's ever been and it's still like i sometimes have to enunciate more clearly if i want my echo device to turn my lights on <laughs> yeah <laughs> right well th- it, this is just the modern day comic replacement of a sidekick is what the what, what you're describing mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. it's just the sidekicks we don't have a it's, lot of it's them it's alfred yeah it's alfred it's oracle it's guy in the chair yeah. ned it's, it's exactly whatever. what it is so they yeah. they've got a a sidekick that's out there fighting with them, but not as corny as a sidekick. Um, All right. I mean, the closest we have had would have been Bucky, but he was a full-grown adult fighting a war, and he really wasn't his sidekick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so it's funny that there's – now that I'm kind of just mentally going back over things, I don't know of a lot of modern-day comic book superhero movies that have sidekicks at all. And sidekicks were super prevalent for the long time in comic books, right? Everybody mm. had a sidekick. Um, I mean, I mean, both. I think that's part of what's what's interesting about Falcon and Winter Soldier is they're both sort of sidekick characters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not sidekicks like Batman and Robin, but they're secondary, like plot driving sometimes characters. Um, I think. You know, as you said, like like Jarvis, right? Mm-hmm. Jarvis does a lot of the same things Alfred does, right. but Tony also has Pepper, which makes that dynamic different. Like, um, right? But Jarvis you know, goes out inter- to battle with him, right? Yeah, but that that's what I mean, and that's you know exactly why you said that. Yeah. Like when when he's when he's Tony Stark, Pepper is Alfred. Sure. When he's sure. Iron Man. Jarvis is Alfred, right? Like sure. when Alfred is sitting in the Batcave, like looking stuff up on the on the computers and doing all that kind of stuff, and is the voice in his head. Like that's what Jarvis does, right? Well, th- this one, so, re- so Red Wing side side note is in the comic book, he's an, an actual Falcon, um, so he that's his like little bird thing. Oh, it's a bird. Okay, it's an actual that bird. Makes more right? sense. He flies yeah. with him. Um, so this was a cool. They, they did that in Civil War, I think, uh, is where they first had Red Wing. And he, he was kind of cool. Mm. Um, I, I did like him in there. He's really neat. Uh, Falcon is totally badass in this. Really cool. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy Bucky way more than I ever enjoyed Bucky in the comics. I think he's cool. Um, I thought he was cool in, Winter Sol- in the Winter Soldier movie. Um, and he's, he's he just... Sebastian Stan has a good acting, I think, about him. The way he just his facial expressions work, uh, work. Yeah, well he hasn't. And you know, I say this, I say this before. I've only seen most of these movies once, and I feel like he never does anything. Like he does some stuff early on in Iron Man, uh, you know, pre Winter Soldier stuff. But most of the time, he's just like brooding and is there as a MacGuffin for for 
um, for Steve. Right. And yeah, to see him front and center, like, you know, sitting in a, in a therapy session, like talking about, you know, his, his issues and, and, you know, going on this, on this date with the girl and, um, having a little bit of that, uh, uh, that Steve Rogers style fish out of water, um, um, kind of stuff was all really, really good. Yeah. He, and I think that's kind of the point there is that, um, he was always, I mean, the thing about the winter soldier is as, as he said, the last 90 years, he's just fight to fight to fight. He doesn't have the brooding is because he doesn't talk. He wasn't even allowed to talk at all by his, you know, Russian captors. And Mm -hmm. he, didn't have a mind of his own, never thought he was literally just a, a terrible, sad, programmed combatant, you know. Um, and now, this, like he said, besides Wakanda, where he had a little bit of peace, he hasn't had a time to do anything. And this show lets the actor and the character do some things that aren't just fighting. Right? Although we'll see, I'm sure, fighting pretty soon. Uh, yeah. So we had a couple other good, I thought actually good, there's other casts besides these two really great actors. There was... Um, I'm going to butcher her name. I think it's Edipero Ed, Ed, uh, Adoye. I think is her name. She's the sister for Sam. I thought she. Okay. I thought she was great. Uh, yeah. Really good. Um, very believable. I, it, it immediately had a like sisterly chemistry with Sam. I think it just felt like mm-hmm. they were related right there. The way they talked and acted and and just really good. Yeah. When we when we watched this the first time. Um, and you know, the picture was poor, so I was mostly just listening to it. The interactions between him and his family and the people in his, in his home neighborhood felt a little, uh, I don't know how to say this in a way that's not offensive. Forced or? Forced or maybe like, like urban or, you know, like as what in the seventies we used to call jive. Sure. Um, okay. Not not we, because I wasn't alive in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But then when I watched it, watched it, you know, when I could see the picture clearly, it all just felt like normal interactions. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was just me hearing it and not seeing it. Um, yeah, I'd say it, it, it felt that, it felt pretty way. it felt pretty good. And all of the like in the bank scenes, the fishboat scenes, all of it was was really good. So she fit into a big picture cast thing just perfectly. So kudos to her. I also liked um, um, the support guy, the army military support guy for Sam, the young guy that was, you know, looking for the internet. Oh guys. yeah, his his he when he says he he says I'll be your boots on the ground, right? Okay. And I'm like, that's I I see I see sort of the joke they're doing there, but him being boots on the ground is like being guy in the chair, right. and that's not what boots on the ground. The boots on the ground is the exact opposite of that, right? Right. But, it's just you know, it's just a throwaway sort of joke. Sure, I, I I liked first he, sequence. He seemed very personable and and mm-hmm. and again fit in the scene well. Unlike when we watched Thor and stuff, they all look, they all felt like they were acting. This these these characters felt like they were organically part of the story. Sure, uh, which, which was pretty good. Uh, complaint I would say is the fact that Sam can't get alone is ridiculous. It's just. Unbelievable. It's, I it's, yeah. I went back and forth on that. Um, that's that's a thing Trotsky pointed out. But if I'm trying to imagine a world where, you know, the economy tried to pick up and keep going after losing half 
of everything, half the workforce, half yeah, the, yeah. you know, man manager or whatever. And then, and then suddenly half the population are back and they've had like, you know, they've probably had their, their estates, you know, um, um, like executed in probate and things like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're stuff given out in inheritance. Right. And so they come back and they've got nothing. And I could see that being like a, you know, real strain. Obviously in this case for this story, it's supposed to add strain to this character, right? Like he doesn't feel up to, he doesn't feel like he can fill Steve's shoes and be Captain America. And he wants to help his family, but he can't. And you have to make it so that he can't right before the story like if he can just come in and fix the problem then there's no story right uh there's no there's no dramatic tension there but i can sort of buy it's i agree that it's far-fetched but i can sort of put the pieces together in my head and go all right well i think if if this was this way and the economy got down to this point and then you had this influx of people come back you know to double the population right like that's right. a massive that's a massive thing i could see a world where suddenly lending just doesn't happen I, I and um, I and I can agree with that. For a time. I can agree with that too. And I and I and their reasonings they had for him were legit too. I, I still say that any bank that would take say I loaned and avenge your money would do it. Right? They could put a pr I, press release out saying you know a bank, bank, your friendly bank that also loans superheroes anything like that right uh, would be worth yeah, it. Uh, yeah. But it but, does. I I I agree. It I agree. It right. seems very fetched. To the to the to the negative side on that too, because this seems to be a little the only kind of mini gripe people have with this show, um, is that um, I had a buddy today text a group chat about saying like, who complained about it too? He's like, what you know, Shield doesn't give him any money, and I immediately all of a sudden started realizing all sorts of reasons why they wouldn't give him money, namely because first off, Sam was never a part of Shield. Uh, second right. off, when we first meet Sam, he was a retired vet anyway; he wasn't actually mm. working for the military. Um, right. And then in the in that episode, he takes down S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's not like he's famous for being a big hero there. Um, right. And he's not often in that fight scene, except for the last fight, in his like gear. He's not even like in a costume. He's just in this, you know, combat gear. Um, and then the next time you see him, he doesn't sign the Sokovia Accords and becomes an international rebel man's uh, world's most wanted yeah yeah so he's mm -hmm. not actually probably seen by the public as necessarily a great big gigantic hero right right and now he does yeah and then he did, and then he fights he does fight thanos but it's not like wakanda has live tv that they're showing people and then he gets he gets blipped um and the only time right. he comes back is with all the 800 other people who also fought for the world um right so i can see how sam probably isn't the most well known it's biggest yeah popular it's superhero. it's a it's a little bit like the you know it's like the star wars thing where you get you know beyond a, f a few circle of planets and you know the jedi are just a legend and a myth right like, we as audience goers look at it and you're like how in the world is this guy not going to give the falcon a loan yeah. but you know m maybe you know he like it takes him a while to recognize him yeah. Even when he's sitting right across the, t the t he's like, do I, I recognize you? So, right. yeah. Well, the, so anyway, lots of really good stuff. Uh, and it was a good thing that at the end I was 
actually really upset when they introduced um, U.S. Agent, like the new Captain America. I was like, I, they did not just put a white man in there in the Captain America shoes instead of giving it to Sam. <laughs> like that's the that's the immediate response that I had mm. of this of this thing. Whether, whether it plays out that way or not, but that's you know, there's no way to be mistaken that that's what happened. Um, when it I clearly I called qualified. I called him. I called him Homelander. Homelander, exactly, very much like a Homelander, right? I mean, I don't. I obviously have not read these comics. I don't know what this character is, but yeah, um, I yeah, I, I have not. That's... I have not read about John Walker either. I just read like wiki articles in the past about him, mm. or I guess they were like comic books that had you know synopsis of characters back then. They didn't have wikis, sure, um, right? But um, John Walker ends up being U.S. agent. After Cap comes back, I think at some point in the comic books, but he does take over for Cap, and I, if I'm not mistaken, he's more brutal, and he he does that. Uh, I can't possibly be as goody goody as Captain America is. I'm just going to be my own self, which is not mm. like goody goody Captain America, um, right? Which which may be actually good for this whole overall story is that you have a you know you have such lofty expectations of of Steve Rogers, no one in the world can ever fill his shoes, including Sam Wilson. So having somebody else go in there and take the punches for, for being not perfect is probably a good thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know, and then and then you get an actual hero to come in there that's maybe still not Steve Rogers, but he's still a good good hero. Then you'll feel maybe people will feel better about that. But anyway, that ending I was not I was not surprised by at all, but still. I mean, you just come to really like Sam a lot, is the thing. All right. Yeah. And he's not gotten together with Bucky. I'm looking forward to that. And that yeah, it's it's interesting that this is the title of this show is these two guys, and they did not interact at all yeah. in the first episode. I assume that that is going to change eventually. Yeah. It would be weird it is called, to do a show about two characters and not. It, yeah, right. It is called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is really great because... I think up until I watched this first episode, in my mind, I was just thinking of it as Captain America and the Winter Soldier, right? But this is clearly the title is chosen importantly because this is about the Falcon and then sure, the Winter yeah. Soldier. And I bet you, I'm surely the Falcon mm-hmm. turns into Cap at the end, but this is, I think the series is going to totally circle around these two individual heroes, right? And whoever they end yeah, up being. Yeah, I, w- I was picturing some kind of, some kind of buddy comedy, which it could get to. Yeah. Still. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Not yet. Anyway. Yeah. In the in the uh, the rest of the movies, those two have some great some great interactions. They had uh, Disney Plus has released these this other like little short shorts series called uh, Marvel Legends, and it's really weird. Mm, it's right. just like like for one division came out. It was a six minute episode on on the Vision and six minute episode on Wanda, and it just kind of goes back quickly just through clips that are all put together from the movies of their characters and it's that's cool yeah it's just so hey if you forgot kind of who the vision is this is his little quick six minute journey to where when i was you know andrew um uh was was offended that we didn't start with iron man but we started with captain america Mm -hmm. in our in our rewatch and he was like you don't if you don't don't start at the beginning then you don't know about um Nick Fury and who he is. I'm like, he's in one scene. It's fine. Mm, like, sure. you know, and we're like, 
for like, oh, we shouldn't have watched Hulk. We could probably skip Dark World. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but Dark World is where they introduce uh, whatever, something, somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I I watched Avengers without having seen Captain America or Thor, and I was fine. Okay. Like, you know, I'm like, mom's not paying full attention to these movies anyway. We can just explain it. Yeah. Like, it, it's not that complicated to explain who Hawkeye is. You don't have to watch a whole terrible movie uh, <laughs> just for his, the couple scenes of him being introduced. Yeah, you, you really, I mean, he's in there. And I remember I watched that the other night when I was watching that. And I saw that Hawkeye was in there going, rewinding a little he's bit. Not really he's in not really in Thor. He's, but he's those teased. who are in the know are like, oh, that's Hawkeye, right? Yeah, it's Easter eggs for the comic nerds. Right. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I, I dug this show. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's six episodes instead of the WandaVision 8. This does not feel like WandaVision, right? This Mm-mm. feels different. Yeah, not, not, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's much more, it's much more action packed, big, you know, um, uh, it's still, it's still character driven, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, WandaVision was this like, was there was this mystery story yeah right not not necessarily like crime murder mystery but just just this mystery like the characters don't know what's going on and neither do we um and we're along for the ride where this is much more of a kind of straightforward um character driven some some action but it seems like it's going to be much more character focused um even than the, the movies are yeah i i, I agree I but think. we'll see we're all, we've only gotten one episode sure. so i don't know i i think that um i i go back to what i said earlier in this episode was directing is a lot a lot a lot a lot here um in wandavision you had a lot of what i like to call um tv acting or tv directing or tv scenes so and i don't mean just like the episodic stuff of the wandavision but the stuff that's outside was outside the dome all the stuff with Shield and with uh, Monica Rambeau and and all those those people were like just like you would see in TV, where they're all sitting around a monitor talking, right? They're all just talking about mm. what's happening, or they're sitting around a war table and they're all just talking. And it's, it's it's a long exposition of what's going on and what they're going to do, but it's not a whole lot of very natural things. It's like in in these those shows, it's very meeting type things that happen even in even in sure. the wanda and want and vision scenes they were in the living room talking about things in this show yeah i mean the the scenes inside the dome are intentionally like tv right but even the outside the ones are, are are it felt like it was made for tv that's how it's how budgets and sets work right they're recorded on a set yeah yeah uh so they they have one room and they have the thing but this is was not like that at all in an example after the bank loan happens, like they're having a character driven moment that's setting up what they're doing. And they're walking out of the, the they're walking out of the bank across the street into the car, all the whole while talking to each other. Right. As the camera right. pans down the street, as they're walking, they walk to the truck and he helps unload the back of the truck with the food that they're giving to somebody. And like, this is a, a natural thing, how you would naturally interact with people. You wouldn't stand there face to face and have a conversation, have a talk about what's going on. Right. Right. Um, and, right. and then when um, Bucky is having a face to face, the camera is shot very, very close, like very close to his face. 
it, then it's panned just close to her. Um, and then it's, it's intercut with like him walking across things to like doing stuff with the, the corrupt Senator and things. So it's just all very natural, realistic kind of directing and shots as opposed mm-hmm. to WandaVision, which was very different. So anyway, just one feels like it's made for TV and one feels like it's made for the, for the movies without a budget. And that could be just directing. I don't know. Um, but we'll, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But anyway, it's cool. I'm excited. Looking forward to that one. Uh, moving on. Let's talk about our other more in-depth, uh, or sorry, more <laughs> time commitment show we watched, uh, which was the new Justice League. The, is it the Justice League or is it just called Justice League? What's the name? Uh, I think it's just Justice League. Justice and League. this is this one's maybe sub or pre Fix titled uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League to, oh, to right. differentiate it from the 2018 um, release. I think it was 18. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess if you haven't seen this and you don't want to be spoiled, because the story is fairly different from the theatrical release, the yeah. Joss Whedon version. Um, I'm going to hit the bell for this as well. Uh, so this movie... I don't. I honestly don't want to spend a ton of time, personally, on this, just because there's so much that you could go and nitpick and complain and talk and compare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would just like to overall say my review is that I think it was way too long, but I enjoyed it better than the original. Is that is that a quick synopsis of of things? I yeah, think? yeah, that's that's fair. It, um, you know, you can go online and look, and people have spent more time, um, analyzing and breaking this down. I don't. Like, as it is, as it was created, I wouldn't call it good. It was it was long in an incredibly self-indulgent way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, there, there were sequences that you, you know, maybe needed with a lot of combat stuff. We watched it together as a group with uh, some alcohol involved, and we had a good time. Um, I would not try to sit through it myself on a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, I would not want to watch this just for four hours. Right. No, you you could very easily cut down a lot of just like atmospheric scenery and slow motion stuff. I think the the sequence um, introducing Flash and him slowing down time that felt like it took about twenty real world minutes. It took so long, right? I don't I don't know if it actually did, but that's that's how it felt. And then there's like um, a bunch of uh, you know beautiful Norwegian ladies singing while Aquaman goes back into the ocean. And that also takes like five solid minutes. And you're just like, and why do we need? There's no reason. You're like th- this whole thing could have been cut. Um, so there's a lot of that. Uh, the whole movie is in four by three aspect ratio, meaning it's square like TVs used Which to be. Which is annoying all the way through. I, I don't understand why that. There's no reason for that. I, I found out the um, reason. Do you want another reason? It's really stupid reason. But uh, okay. he wanted it to be seen in IMAX, like the big, big IMAX, which is that format. So the big IMAX is square. Yeah, I guess so. The really big IMAX is, is square. Okay. So that's what he wanted it to be seen natively in. And I guess in some of his other movies that he's made, he's made several shots that were that, that aspect ratio ratio so that it would be seen good in IMAX. So he made his, he insisted on his whole movie, his whole movie to be seen in the IMAX, which, by the way, it was the only thing that was theatrically released with this, was it was only theatrically released in those super IMAX movies. So that's why. 
I see. Sounds like a terrible thing for most people to watch it that way. Yeah, I mean, everybody else is watching it on streaming, right? On their, like, even even if I watch on my iPad, it's still not square. It's still, like, 1611 or something. But, uh, so that was... That was annoying, um, but on the on the good side, like you guys, you and you and Fox were geeking out every time there was some something that was a comic reference. I don't care about any of that stuff, mm-hmm. but I will say that the the story and the narrative was much more coherent, which we expected. Like before, I even before we watched this, I was like, "Well, I expect it to be bad. I expect it to be self indulgent." But I also expect it to be a coherent story. I mean, we saw, I was not as keenly aware of it watching it. But then when I, when I thought back on it and the different, different sequences, I was like, oh, I'll bet this was Zack Snyder stuff. And this was Joss Whedon yeah, stuff. Their styles are so, are so, so completely different. Um, in the same way we had with the new Star Wars movies where, um, you know, Force Awakens and, last Je- or uh, um rise of skywalker are so different from last jedi yeah. uh, because the director's visions are so different and then like that's bad enough in a trilogy but then you put that in in a single movie yeah. and you go back and forth um and i didn't realize that until, the, until like uh, they're halfway through or something and i think fox had told us that, that they he did he did say that he removed all of the whedon uh, all of whedon's reshot right. footage and I think if if you told this story the way that he intended to tell it, um, you know, it's it's a lot of similar stuff that uh, that Marvel has done, but has done since, right? Like the um, there's there's some similarity between the the Dark Side Apocalypse invasion stuff and the Thanos stuff, and like sure. the characters going dark and um you know being brought back from the dead and all that that like um you know marvel did but it was in between like this movie should have happened before that it's this weird sort of timing thing but i think if you you know if you don't mind uh uh superhero movies with very little levity right there wasn't none there's still you know um kyle l can move almost as fast as flash can mm-hmm. and there's weird stuff with hot dogs <laughs> that i won't that i won't get that into was, but it was such a wasteful scene it's so strange just for one little throwaway joke it's like like he he put the jokes in there but the jokes are so are so so strange maybe that's why he's so um, dark is because he's actually not very funny maybe <laughs> maybe it's like in uh, in Batman vs Superman. There's one joke, right, where they line up and they're like, "It's a being from another world." And Diana says, "I fought beings from another world before." And Bruce and and Clark are like, "Is she with you?" I thought she was with you. <laughs> it's like it's not it's not a joke, but it's funny. But there's that that's the only time in like three hours worth of you know dark depressing movie. Yeah. Um, all of that all of that stuff is still there. He's clearly setting up for at least a trilogy, like a series of films, because mm-hmm. it sort of ends on a cliffhanger. Um, I don't I mean, I guess it depends on how successful this is, but I don't see Warner Brothers giving 
him the money to make two more movies. I think they, um, they did come out after this and say they wanted to officially say that like this was or they didn't say it. They said something like, we're glad to finally have Zach's time as in the DC universe finished some kind of like thing so sure they were yeah. basically because saying, it's um, done guys it's done we're, for, you know. yeah from everything i've heard they're they're uh, they're abandoning the like big franchise connected stories thing that marvel's doing because they just can't compete really they're just not and good at it <laughs> they're 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 not good at it and they're coming they're late to the game it's a thing that um depending on who and and where you read it like almost nobody has ever pulled off right like you do you do team up movies like league of extraordinary gentlemen and stuff like that and they never work um and so from from everything i've heard which you know is a lot of just offhand remarks or or things that i barely remember from other podcasts and things um they're focusing on just make standalone movies um because they seem to be they seem to be better at that than um well yeah the, trying to try as we as as i said last week you know their their warner brothers is is a money-making industry instead of a crowd-pleasing industry so they they're interested in what's what's in front of them and what they make they can make from the movie that they're making right now and how that can make money as, a, as opposed to like the long-term you know aspects of character development and things like that so you know they're they're just not good at being able to see the big picture of why we need to have time with all the characters and learn them all and give them their things instead. You, yeah. Maybe they think putting a four-hour movie out is the way to do that, but I don't know. So, there, like I said, I, I did enjoy it overall because, um, I mean, I I got why the Joss Whedon parts weren't so great. I also got right. what that I liked about the Joss Whedon parts is that it was – that he was more lighthearted. Superman smiled. Things were more heroic. Definitely. The scenes that got taken out were more definitely good guy, hero. They're having fun things. hundred percent. But yeah, but, and what Zack Snyder put in was definitely hundred percent darker, more serious. They're all very somber. There is, yeah, you know, he, he has gothic this, music he, always playing, you know? Right. And, and like, all the the vision he has of all of these characters is just completely uh aloof and untouchable like the closest thing to a relatable character we have is the flash mm -hmm. um the rest of them are like you know there's a flashback sequence where they're fighting side by side with the greek gods like yeah. they're just completely unrelatable um and you know just big heavy-handed imagery and all that stuff. And like I said, when we talked about it after the fact, I said, if somebody took this, this Snyder cut and just edited it for length, right? Like just cut out all the unnecessary atmospheric pieces, just, you know, speed up the slow motion scenes <laughs> that are slow motion for no reason. Um, you know, if you could do all of that stuff and get this down to just the, like, two maybe two and a half at most hours of of story content this could be an, an okay movie it could be like a six or a seven yeah and I, I and i think it would i i personally would still rather see an entire movie done by joss whedon sure. instead of him trying to finish uh something somebody else started sure um but yeah that's the that's the most positive thing I could say. Yeah, and I agree. And, and, and I, I think, I don't know what that movie would be like, obviously, but I, I, I think that 
given this and the amalgamation that we got, I think an edited, I agree with you, an edited down version, I think would have been better than what we got from the, the, the duo uh, directing type thing that we did get. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I'm not necessarily bashing Justice League. You know, there's some fine things about it. Actually, this made me appreciate some things that they did in Justice League um, that they didn't do in this movie. I'll, I'll comment that um, some scenes, you know, from a, I guess from a super fanboy perspective, you just want to live in that, that loves action scenes, let's say, right? I, I love action scenes. I want to see the Justice League fight bad guys a lot, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because that's what I love about comic books. Maybe that's their thing, right? Um, getting more of that, that's probably four hours of just that would be like the best thing that you could ever get, right? I just want to see them use all their powers all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So, sure, that could be seen as better like that because this has that. But, man, for example, the scene when Steppenwolf comes in to for the first time and fights the Amazons, like, it's basically the same scene that that you have in the theatrical release but just so so longer because mm -hmm. like, for example, and I can just, I just made me appreciate what they had in the theatrical release and what editors do in general, even more because yeah. one specific part in that scene, uh, Queen Hippolyta is got the MacGuffin, the, the mother box, and she's running out of this temple. Right. And that's when, mm -hmm. when she's trying to escape with it. And right. So in the theatrical release, she grabs it with her lasso, you know, or whatever, and grabs it in her arm and starts running as fast as she can down the hallway as the, the Amazons are trying to hold everybody off. And then these big, gigantic muscle women just with their hammers bash the, the tree logs out and things Those start falling through, pillars. right? Yeah. And, and, they, and they, they stop one of them real quickly and she slides underneath there and then it all collapses, right? But in the Snyder mm -hmm. Cut, she runs up to the door has a slow-mo fight with one of those parademons and where she flips her off the, the ceiling and then, you know, dwells a second on the kill, runs down a little bit more, and three more parademons come, and then they have a big battle in the middle that way, and two more Amazons join for another fight. Then they run in, and she has a conversation with the Hammer Ladies uh, where they try to convince her that, you know, you're a queen and we'll do whatever, and it's like a whole conversation. And then she runs down further, has another fight with parademons. And then finally you get the scene where they, they, they hammer the things. I'm like, this took so long. So long. Compared to just what, you know, they're like, hey, we've got, we've got three hours worth of content here. We need to cut this down to two hours. Let's just chop these little things and move this along. Right? Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, I mean, nobody wants to see a superhero movie with no action. Right. But you have to... You have to be aware of when you're just fatiguing the audience. Yeah. Giving the audience fatigue. Yeah. I don't think fatiguing is a word. And, and and where it almost becomes unbelievable, like when you're having conversations in the middle of a fight. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Like it, making the pace, what they call pacing quick yeah. makes it gives you feel the the feeling of pressure that you're that you're in a hurry, that you have to go quickly, that they have to go quickly. But by slowing everything down with slow-mo with conversations, with little side fights, makes it feel like that there's no rush here, right? There's no immediate sense of immediacy. Um, yeah. So sure. that, that, that's what he did all the time. And, and I would point out the whole Lois is sad. Every other scene was, was too much. But. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, too, 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 too much. Um, yep. I, I think that this is an interesting uh, chance we get to see a movie redone 
that we probably never won't see happen again. Yeah, it opens it opens some sort of interesting conversations where you know some of our friends have been saying like, I wonder what kind of footage is available. Could somebody go back and re-edit the last two seasons of Game of Thrones into something good? And I'm like, right. I don't think so, but you're free to think so. Mm-hmm. Um, or do, when you want to see know. the director's cut with all edits in, do you really want to see that? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 at some point, it you know. It depends on the director. It's just like earlier we talked about Kenneth Branagh. Like, not all actors make poor directors, right? Like, John Favreau is an actor and a director. Right, right. Um, and it's in the same way. Like, not all um, not all directors are, are bad editors, right? Like, um, you know, there are, there are a handful who edit their own movies and are more, like you know, auteurs, as, as we say, I don't think, I think in this, in this movie, in this project, especially because it being, you know, this whole thing of it being remade or re recut or whatever is this sort of quote unquote proof of the supportive fan base for Zack Snyder. I think he's, he, in this project was trying to prove himself to be an auteur. And I just, I don't I don't think he is like yeah. it's not anything bad there are only a handful of auteurs in the in the theater world in the in the cinema world like it's okay <laughs> like right uh that doesn't doesn't mean that you're that he's bad at everything it doesn't mean he's a bad director um and even and even when I am very critical of him I don't I don't think he's a bad director I just think you know from things that I've read and obviously I don't know anything about him personally but um I think he has a particular or at least seems to have from his projects and the way that he that he makes movies he seems to have a particular worldview and and uh worldview is really the best word for that um that, especially of superheroes especially of superheroes that lends itself to certain kind of stories and I I say this over and over like he was perfect to direct Watchmen he's absolutely the wrong choice to direct superman right they they, um, they should have had him do batman a batman movie right not even batman yeah, versus even, superman but like a batman movie even just a batman movie like something a little more a little more cynical and it's not that um it's not that batman isn't still his own certain kind of paladin but yeah especially after this movie it's like um it's not even a thing where he doesn't respect the source material. He just seems to like revere it in a way that creates these just really boring, unrelatable characters. Yeah, and and the, um, to to wrap this up, the 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 epilogue thing was thirty minutes. Like after the the, the last scene happened, there was thirty minutes still of the movie left, and yeah, just and, so just self-indulgent. so yeah, so much. And trying obviously trying to set up a, a another other movies and trilogies, trying to get in some more words that he wanted to say but didn't didn't have time to say them <laughs> organically. Really, it's what it felt like. It felt like I wanted to do some other things, but I didn't. They don't really fit into the movie, so I'm just going to stick them all here at the end. Uh, things like having the Martian Manhunter in there, like he, mm-hmm. there was no reason for. It. I think he's cool. I'm glad to see the Martian Manhunter. I liked it, uh, but it really that made no sense whatsoever that he was in there at all um i did by the way come to find out that he wanted to use the green lanterns in place of martian manhunter 
Uh, okay. But Warner Brothers said no, definitely not. That they have their own plans <laughs> for for Green Lantern. For Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, it yeah. it it almost in retrospect it felt like another kind of like hey hey you know uh, uh, Reddit or whoever like who made this thing possible. Here's some other ideas I had if you want to start exactly. another letter writing campaign. Yeah. I mean, he put um, Jared Leto for like a ten minute monologue in there, right? Yeah, that was so, so weird. I, I honestly, I can't even remember what he said. Like, I don't even know what was said in that scene. It, it was, was so late by that point in the night. We were so fatigued oh, man. from this movie. Yeah, really. And and we were like, I actually, I remember thinking like that last action scene was better than the last action scene we got in the theatrical release. Like that last act was pretty cool. Mm. And I'm, it was neat how they ended it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. It was the end of the show. Oh, wait, no more. Oh, my God. Yeah, we like you know, we hovered over the th- and we're like, there's still forty minutes of runtime on this. Yeah, what's what? Like we know a lot of that's credits, but that means there's still at least twenty to thirty minutes of something. So much, so much. So yeah, so it was, it was very. I I really liked your your words of self indulgent. That is that really does peg this a lot. Like it does yeah. unnecessary things that don't need to be in there. And only because the director wants to put them in there. And it, and I mm-hmm. told Sydney as we were discussing this on the way home, I said, um, this is an example of why it's good to have like bosses and checks and balances on things. Why, why a director sure. isn't the producer, isn't the, the you know, owner of the, of the movie. Because they have, if they're given constraints and you know, directives, they're forced to make their cuts they make a better movie, you know, for the most part. And they can justify right. with like Peter Jackson saying like, this needs to be a three hour movie. Um, but also Peter Jackson wants to make it a five hour movie. Right. But they, they cut it down. Yeah. And so. it's, and it's balances, right? Like, you know, we've heard directors say, or, you know, we see things like um, when people talk about re-editing stuff. I, I made a joke about lost I'm like, just just take the lost content and cut it down to like three seasons. Like, just cut all of everything in those extra seasons. That all right, you know. And that's maybe not, uh, you know. Then you're dealing with like the showrunners versus networks mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and that's yeah. maybe a, maybe a different conversation. But like, you know, in the world of in the world of Marvel movies, um, you know, John Favreau could be the guy making the movie, but Kevin Feige is still representing the quote unquote network in the form of, of, you know, Marvel Disney um, is still sort of creating some of that, some of that check and balance. And in the case of, of lost, as I understand it, and again, I don't, I have no idea, but um, they had a sort of idea for where the story was going to go, but the show was so popular mm-hmm. that the network made them keep, you know, kept renewing it every season. And, they, you know, of course, I'm sure they didn't twist their arms to make more content. <laughs> make more, here's they, more money, yeah. Yeah, here's 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 a job for another year. You know, they, they kept adding stuff in between. And then they spent so long stringing their audience, stringing their audience along on this, on this these big mystery questions that, that there was just no way they were going to answer them in any satisfying way because the the audience was so active that they had thought of everything <laughs> true yeah that the that the writers could do and so they had to just keep denying it denying it, denying it and then they got to the end and were like 
uh, I know we said it wasn't purgatory, but lol, it's actually purgatory. And <laughs> right. so the audience was pissed. Like if they had done that whole story in like two or three seasons, it, it would have been fine. Yeah. I, th- um, I think, you know, that, that was a perfect example of the opposite way, right? Like directors would, if you have a vision and you tell your story, don't, don't drag it out too much the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, it, it is what it is and I'm glad we got to see yep. it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm be- it better than it. I know some people thought it was just going to be bad, like terribly, terribly bad. So I'm glad it wasn't that. It was just, you know, what it was. And and heck, maybe it is one of those shows that I could just put on the background because really most of the scenes don't matter to, to watch, but you could just look over the scenes that actually are. <laughs> right? That, that's true, not, not true. a bad reason for that. That's sort of how I watched it. I was not staring at it the whole time. Though for the last, like, half hour... When there was like you know the actual fights and stuff happening, I was giving it my full attention then yeah. at that point. Okay, so moving off of that, we got a little bit of time here left in our show. Um, so we're playing, we're doing a weird thing. Um, it happened seemed to coalesce in the last couple of days. Looks like mm-hmm. a couple of our friends are getting into Path of Exile. It's kind of most of us will say the word again, but I think almost all of us have played it once for fifteen minutes and then haven't played it since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the this is the Baldur's Gate game? No, it's the it's the Diablo game. That's, That's oh right. sorry, Pat, did That's I say it. Path of it? No, it's right. No, it's no, right. you you said it right. I'm okay. doing a bad job. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. I I get, I get this game confused with another game called Pillars of Eternity I do too. because I do they too. they have the same acronym. Um P-O-E. and in reality, there's not a vast world of difference between Diablo and Baldur's Gate right like i i <laughs> know that there are and we're gonna get angry mail but all right, all right. you know one's one's turn-based one's real-time like they're incredibly you know they're very different but right. like in their earliest iterations of this like uh isometric like sort of half top down sure kind of tile-based dungeon crawler D inspired and you know Baldur's gate is actual D, so right you know um they're not they're not vastly different right sure. it's not it's not comparing wow to call of duty or yeah, something sure, sure um anyway yes this is the this is the diablo one um and you, you and played I, it a little bit you played today or just like the last couple of days or something or yeah right? i i had played it at some point in the last couple of years you know yeah. for an hour or two and i fired it up today over lunch and played like 40 minutes i went and did two quests and um i don't I don't really know what's going on because I didn't start a new character. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of, like, they're doing gem. You said something about gems, and I was like, Diablo has gems. What's the, you know, gems or yeah. or runes in, in Diablo 2? Because this is a little more, um, it's more like Diablo 2 than Diablo 3. Um, it's still got inventory Tetris, which is super annoying. Oh, that part is super annoying. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what that is, if you played a, uh, you know, your more typical MMO style inventory system where every item takes up a square in a grid, um, this is not that this is the, what I call the Diablo two system where a gem might take up one square in a grid or a scroll. But if you have a club, it's going to take up one horizontal square and three vertical squares. And if you have a breastplate, it's going to be two by three, 
Yeah. Or if it's a big tower shield, it could be two by four. And you've got to arrange all these things on the grid of your inventory while, like, skeletons are smacking you and you don't have enough space. You're trying to figure out what's worth more to take back to town and sell. And it's which Which is not annoying. a terribly it's, interesting part of the game, I think, right? I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's I'm a, sure there is a small a, contingent of people out there that think that is the best part of this game, but for sure. I, I they're weird people. I'm just going to say it. It's just straight out that's weird. Like it, it is no fun yeah. stopping your awesome monster slaying to look at the individual stats between two different shields that look exactly the same to see if 12% is better than, you know, uh gold fine is better than 6% EXP. That is not fun, right? Um I mean, I mean the 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 gear upgrade choices are an annoying thing for me that seem to be like essential to the RPG genre. So I get that. Oh and yeah, no, no. I'm this, sorry, I didn't mean to hit on the stats part. I meant I meant to hit in the. You have to make these decisions whether which one you're going to throw in the ground and then which one you're yeah, going to yeah decide like which one you're going to carry back to town and yeah, sell. That, that was more and yeah. It's it's not again in the in the leaning more Diablo two than Diablo three. You can't um, you can't uh, portal back to town whenever you want. the The scrolls of town portal are consumables, mm -hmm. so you couldn't just use it. And even if even in Diablo three, you have that ability, but you don't really want to do. You don't want to stop fighting everything. It's why in uh, in Torchlight they have that thing where you can load all the crap onto your pet and they'll take it back to town and sell it for you yeah, which is right. ridiculous but yeah. also kind of kind, kind of, of funny great. <laughs> yeah um quality of life kind of thing but the thing they're doing with gems is this sort of uh um yeah gems is what i'm looking for gems and yeah. sockets mm -hmm. which is a uh, um again if you don't know what that means it's basically that items your weapons and armor or whatever will have sockets and they the sockets are color coded um uh wow does this world of warcraft um but in this game the gems that you socket in those sockets uh seem to unlock abilities for yeah, you kind like of like actual powers um, yeah kind of like the weapons in guild wars 2 give you different abilities on your bar um which is kind of is kind of different. It it's um, really different. I think. I mean, it's it makes the game super flexible for your character, right? Yeah. Like I can actually um, play a wizard with a tower shield that has like a spinning tower attack that I also shoot out fireballs because I can pick up the gem that has tower tower shield attack and put it on my tower shield and have that ability. I mean. To some extent, because they it does have things like requirements, like strength requirements and things like that. But sure, you could yeah, you yeah. could do that, right? Like, and then they have that, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into in a second. The, the gigantic passive tree, so that you could make yourself have the capability to be able to do some warrior stuff and some mage stuff, right? Which is mm -hmm. really neat. So even though you start out like Diablo, you start out as a wizard and you eventually unlock all your powers. In this one you get gem drops and you can decide to use those or different kinds of gem drops, right? Like lighter yeah. gem drops or something, mm -hmm. which is 
It's very flexible. I mean, it's super. And then it, there's, it adds, a, it adds, I'm not sure if you've gotten to the part where like it adds a whole other dimension when they have like support sockets and certain sockets are linked together. So if you put a gem with another gem that's a support gem, it, it enhances the other gem and its powers. And it can even change how they completely interact. Like a fireball that just shoots across the screen, you put a specific a support gem in it. Now it shoots out in a cone. Like you know, I, I, I saw something like that happening, but I didn't really understand it. I had a bow that because uh, I'm playing the archer mm-hmm. and I picked up a gem that gave me a sort of cone multi shot that like I have, I have a fire arrow that pierces, right? Like it'll yeah. hit several guys in the line. And then I picked up this gem that did a cone that would hit everything like in a fan, right? A cone in front of me. Yeah. And Every so often when I used that, I got a little ghost of myself above my head that would also shoot at stuff around me passively. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then a little bit later, I picked up a better bow. And so I equipped that. And, the, you know, because the gems are so important in this game, you can just unsocket them. That's the opposite of Other Diablo 2. Like, yeah. sockets were 100% permanent, a socketed gems in... Uh, in Diablo 2. In 3, you can freely replace them and then you can pay a vendor to, to unsocket them or sometimes if you right. salvage the game. It was a process more back. than just like it is in this game. It was this whole process. In this game, uh, you right-click on the gem and it takes it out of that socket. So sure. I took that cone AoE socket out of my old bow and put it in my new bow, but the, the new bow didn't have this like green arrowing into red. Right. Uh, there's some like like comboing stuff that happens with the gem sockets and i lost that little ghost like auto shooting yeah uh thing after that happened so it must have been like one gem was giving me that cone another gem was giving me that proc and the or was giving me something else and then the combo of them was giving me that proc yeah that that's what that's that's basically how it works what you just described i i had the same similar thing where i had i picked up i'm doing a minion build with like lots of pets and and stuff and I had mm-hmm. I have this this gem that um, lets me gives me the power to shoot out skulls that go out they're on fire and they attack things and then they they disappear, um, but then I got a support gem that's another blue gem, and it makes minion powers like every time you cast them, uh, it has a chance to summon like a little fan a little phantasm ghost that also fights right. And okay. I, I before I was like, that's not a big deal. I only had one other minion summoning thing. It was like summon skeletons or zombies or something. And I put it on there and I didn't summon my zombies very often. Like I'd summon them once and then they'd run around with me. So I never used it. But when I found out that I could just combo that with my short-lived skeleton thing that I use on right-click all the time, like I'm summoning phantasms all the time along with my skeletons, as long as those two things are in an item that's linked. So when I got a new shield or something i'm like oh i i definitely can't pick up this better upgraded shield because it doesn't have two blue linked sockets right Mm. so that's a whole different side of gearing now this game has the same problem that all games have that have been supported for a long long time is that there's so much to it Um, yeah not just the passives which we can talk about in a second but like we were just talking about those slots there are there are consumables that allow you to randomly upgrade from normal to magic item, then magic item to a rare item. Then, and then a, there's another consumables that you can collect that you combine with other consumables that allow you t- to randomly re-roll the socket colors 
on there, and then and there's another yep, consumable. I, I you can buy other consumables to make socket links re. So there's just so yeah. much, and yeah. I'm I've admittingly I've been overwhelmed with it, and I know that it just takes some time to accept that I have to invest in this, but mm -hmm. it has overwhelmed me in the last two days of playing that, that it makes me stop and like I just I just yeah. can't I just can't at this point you know yeah and, and I don't even bother with stuff like anymore I just pick right, up and then sell right. and then yeah as long as I'm I, not dying. I, I, we, we both it's funny because I did this and then when our buddy Pete got on he did the same thing took a picture a screenshot of the of the tech tree and yeah. like tree doesn't even seem to be the right word for it it's like a yeah. tech web like web your, is the right word. Yeah. your main like your starting circle is in the middle of this and then it goes in all eight directions with a million little hubs with circles going off of those hubs i mean like easily a hundred of those little talent options for you to pick and i'm like what Oh. is this i'm like i'm so overwhelmed with this i'm and i again i was playing on an existing character so i just i just picked a couple of them almost at random i'm like <laughs> oh these these go toward this one that looks like a bird and let me hover over to see what it does extra agility range attacks of course it's gonna sounds all be like that my thing right yeah yeah sure go it's funny um that you say that because i think i've said i don't know if i've said this on the show but our friends, some of our friends are are hyped for um, WoW Classic again in the mm -hmm. in the in the looming uh, upcoming Burning Crusade expansion, and so uh, our buddy Pete again went and did some research to find a good server where we could find people, and we we switched back to Horde again, which is very <laughs> frustrating for me. But once once Burning Crusade comes out, I'll start over with the Blood Elf, and it'll be fine. But um, He's been playing, he's been leveling uh, uh, by himself in Classic. And after I got back from my trip, um, I did the same because I still have an active WoW subscription and it counts for both. And so I've been playing a Tauren uh, Druid. Mm -hmm. And a couple of days ago, I saw an Alliance Druid, Night Elf, and it made me sad. Like, <laughs> That's right. Oh. Like, oh, but oh, but we're, we're on a PvE server this time, so there's none of that. Oh, that's good. World PvP nonsense. But... Uh, he posted a, a screenshot of, of somebody like a Rhett Paladin wearing uh, Sulfurus, a carrying Sulfurus, the Hand of Ragnaros. Yeah. Um, big, you know, red fiery hammer. Yeah. Mace. And it reminded me when we played Classic before, one of the things that I appreciate so much about Classic, and there are plenty of things to be frustrated about, like everything is slow and mm -hmm. tedious and takes forever, but it's... It's kind of relaxing in a way. I'm playing a druid, so it's fun to throw buffs on literally everybody I get in range of. <laughs> um, and sometimes they'll like they'll go in the say chat and they're like, "Thanks." Right. Like, people, people at classic are so friendly. Um, <laughs> but on the on the, the on the PVE servers, on the PVE sure. servers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I appreciate most about it is. For as big as that world is, as big as the world of Warcraft is, the classic vanilla world of Warcraft was finite. And it still is finite, but like when when we played before and I got my Alliance Hunter uh, Night Elf up to level 40 and got a mount, I had three tigers, uh, cat mounts, to choose from. And that's the same for all the races, like... The gnomes have three different color of, of robot chicken and the 
the uh the humans have three horses and the dwarves have three rams and that's it those are the four races in the whole game on on the alliance side and there are four on each side but if i see somebody out in the world i know i know what they have if they're on a mount i'm like oh "Oh, they they picked the same uh they picked the same cat mount as me or like the two of them got the same one and this guy got the one that has spots instead of stripes like everything i see i know what it is yeah because they're like the world is so much smaller if i get in retail i like i see somebody and i i've played every expansion yeah but i still would every day see someone on a mount i've never seen before right because there are like 800 mounts in the game now right right there's Um, just so much it's yeah. yeah and and that's that's a little bit of uh that that sort of feeling in in path of exile where you're like boy there's it's just so there's, much. there's a lot and when i play games like that i have to just um i have to resist all of those impulses that i had when i first played online games guild wars and and wow back in the late 2000s um mid to late 2000s uh resist that like explore every corner turn every the end mm. just go i can't no True. like i'm I'm way too late to the party to figure all that stuff out i'm just gonna i'm gonna make a choice and i'm gonna keep moving forward because the you know at some point i can probably reset my talents and and do the tree based on some online article like i am yeah. not gonna read all of these hundred talents and try to pick try, try to, to math out, out for myself yeah. which one is best somebody with more time and and interest in it than me has already done that and figured out the optimal oh my god and and optimal like maybe not the best right maybe somebody else who cares about it more is going to debate some of those finer points but i'm like i can find somebody's else somebody else's build that that's going to get me to like 98 percent yeah efficiency i i, um, I at lunch today I, I tried to do that i thought oh, i'm just gonna go with whatever somebody says here i'm just gonna pick pick one and just go with it right and then i can mm-hmm. change it later um because i don't want to i don't want to math out anything so i just i just yeah. grabbed i just grabbed one online but oh my gosh it is all the builds are not just they don't just deal with the tree the passive tree the web we'll say it has to they're all about the gear, the gear slots, the gear connection yeah. slots, the, yeah. the percentage, like every detail matters. Cause it's like, well, if you go down this build path on the web, you need to have these gear things and these gems right. to do, to right. make advantage of this thing. I'm like, because going down this path gives you plus to a minion uh, spell damage. <laughs> and if you don't have the gem that gives you the spell damage plus for your spec, it's like, Oh my God, I just, there was so it, much, right. I was like, yeah, just, please give me the web. That's all I want. It's like, yeah, it's like the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago with with Diablo three seasons, right? Where you like you can play a certain build and then you get that season set armor and it massively buffs a couple of your abilities, right? And you have to you have to set up your whole build around that, right. and that's an extreme example. But I'm sure I'm sure there's a bunch of that stuff with this. They're so like, yeah, if you want to run this kind of barbarian i don't know what the classes are but if you want to run this kind of this and you've got this armor set and you do this then you can do and it's like super optimized and i'm like that's when i get on and i'm like okay where's the where's the ranger leveling build (laughs) exactly that's all i want where's where's the one that's not for like 
this one's PvP focused and this one's raid focused. And I mean, right. Diablo is the same way. Diablo right. three, they're like, this is the one for solo farming. This is the one for group farming. This is if you're just hunting elite packs. This is if elite packs. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. <sighs> no, I, I I will say a lot of the things that we're saying. I like I'm I'm, like big... I'm doing this I'm doing this the cheater way and looking up somebody else's thing and I'm already fatigued. Yeah. I haven't even done anything yet. I, I did that and it took me most of my lunch hour just to, before I could play the game. Nice. And then I when I played yeah. the game I was like, okay, I'm just tired now. Mm-hmm. Um but but that being said, a lot of this sounds like complaints I think, but I, I will say that it's very cool. It's very cool that the, that the game is so mature and has so many if there's anything to sure. say about pa- uh, Path of Exile it's that it has options. You play the game however you kind of want to play it and you can make everything everywhere which is very cool very exciting it's got really neat unique monsters really cool interesting world and story it it seems very cool with the exception of the very shrunk vertical screen which drives me bonkers Um, (laughs) but besides that um it's a pretty great game i mean it it really seems really really cool it just takes a whole lot of investment to to get into it yeah I only played it for a little while. I remember finding it kind of clunky and awkward after playing Diablo. It's like a not not quite as polished kind of thing was sort of my initial reaction. I don't know that I felt that way this time. Um, the controls are just as, you know, they're the same kind of controls Diablo has. So yeah. it's like yeah. if you don't click exactly on the monster, it's kind of pain. Yeah. you got to hold down shift and all that kind of stuff. I did find that um, our buddy Aaron found that uh, this site they called a filter site. And I found out that that was legit and then how to use it in the game. And that made the game considerably better, too. Hmm. Like it just. I don't want to really go into it, but. There's so much garbage on the ground that the drops yeah. all over the place. And I we talked about the fatigue of not knowing what to do. And this this little like thing you put in there, by the way, the program that makes it is incredibly complex to figure out. I just clicked like default button download for it. <laughs> I just like I don't even want to try to figure it out. But it makes right. it where um, the items that drop on the ground like show their names in different like more recognizable, like that you should pick it up. Like it, if if there's items you you said I want I want a wizard I want a wizard I'm a wizard right I said wizard stuff mm-hmm. and I clicked it and I, I saved the wizard thing and things that aren't even good for my wizard class don't even show up there's like the names don't even show up like they dropped okay. and then things that are that might have some wizard things but are really not recommended are like really really the labels for them are really really small and like black and then the items that I really really do want to get that are probably good and for my character is are really big like it's a really big font with white mm. all the way around them and you know like flashing red or something so you like you can immediately see oh this is a better thing to put in my inventory than something else right which made it like a lot less complex to think about um but i will say that that builder and also power to get in, in into the game was complex too so sure oh my gosh so anyway i'm we're looking forward to it it does have for me personally Big competition starting tomorrow, which is the new Magic the Gathering Diablo version that looks extremely polished, made by a really mm. good company, um, coming out tomorrow. That's free to play, and it is it's gonna it's gonna be a, a competition for me with this game. This game, <laughs> Path of Exile, has the great big benefit that you know a lot of my friends are playing it, and that's that's something that makes me want to want to play it for sure. Right, um, but. Um, you know, a, a brand new game coming out, starting on the ground running. It sounds very enticing too. Sure. Sure. So cool. I think that's what we got tonight, man. We ran a little long, but we're, we're good to go. Yeah. Little, yeah. little all over the place. So, um, let's see. 
next week what have we got we'll have another episode of falcon and winter soldier mm-hmm. um you watched a little um, bit more of uh that um fantasy not fantasy that uh, historical movie too right the um, last last kingdom last kingdom we can talk um, about your thoughts about that i yeah after after justice league i was going to watch last kingdom and i ended up watching another episode of bridgerton instead because hmm. uh, i still haven't finished that um what else i'm still watching west wing though there's nothing really new to say about that um it's good they're into season two so it's getting even more um a little more quippy a little more entertaining um they do a sort of dark kind of story that's it's very uh, uh battlestar galactica reminiscent but um oh speaking of that i watch i'm continuing to watch stargate sgu and i am the more i watch it the more sad i get that this was canceled after two seasons Hmm. yeah surprised that it holds up so anyway Uh, yeah yeah. so so that's what we'll have we'll probably have some more video game stuff next week uh no big movie i think unless you have something off the top uh no i'm i am i've gotten the cue not for next week but the week after that to watch uh godzilla versus in versus that's right that's right coming out pretty soon yeah be in a couple weeks all right Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 187. Uh, Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, If you want to reach out to us, give us some suggestions for stuff we should watch. The poster's done, so hit us up. Uh, You can email us. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms. It's real easy. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on all of the places. And while you're there, give us a review. That helps us out. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I am Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Howdy, everybody. See you next time.